0: Chapter 27 of Aunt Hannah and Martha and John by Pansy and Mrs. C. M. Livingston. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Read by Marianne. Chapter 27. Intuitions. Matters made rapid progress after Aunt Hannah's revelation. That good woman was much troubled for a time lest she had spoken unadvisedly with her lips, but it proved in the end to have been the best thing that could have been done. The truth is— that plain, straightforward statements are often less wearing upon heart and nerves than poor attempts at concealment, among people unused to concealment from each other. John Remington was not by nature a dissembler, and the utmost sympathy and confidence had always existed between his wife and himself. It was new and harassing work for him to conceal from her eyes anything of importance which she naturally would know as well as he. She had been quick to discover that there was something concealed— and not knowing what it could be, had brooded over it in silence. When she knew the whole truth, she wasted not much time in tears. "'I have put my foot into it now,' Aunt Hannah said, her anxiety making her voice sound grim. "'I had to tell her.' "'Had to tell her what?' asked the minister, wheeling around on her and speaking more sharply than he ever had before. "'All there is to tell. I had to, I tell you. There was no getting out of it without downright lying, and I'm not used to lying.' She asked me a point-blank question, and looked straight at me with eyes that refused to be hoodwinked. Well, said the minister, after a moment's silence, while he struggled for complete self-control, of course you did what you thought was right. She would have to know about it soon. I wish that we might have waited until she had a little more strength, but it cannot be helped. Nevertheless, he shrank from going to his wife's room, and allowed various trifles to detain him later than usual, until at last Aunt Hannah said, "'Seems to me I wouldn't keep her waiting longer than is necessary, "'seeing she has not much strength to waste.' "'Then, much ashamed of himself, he went upstairs with haste. "'His wife was bending over the sleeping baby, "'folding the soft blankets more closely about its small form, "'surreptitiously tucking a bit of flannel about the little doubled-up fist "'which already asserted its determination not to be muffled or restricted. "'She glanced about as her husband entered. "'John,' she said softly, See how resolved he is not to have his hand anywhere but just where he chooses to put it. A moment the two stood, looking at their treasure. Then the young mother placed both hands on her husband's arm, in a pretty, clinging way, she had, and said, John, I am proud of you. Proud of me, dear? What can you mean? Despite his determination at self-control, there was a suspicious quiver in the minister's voice. There was none in his wife's and no hint of tears in the eyes which looked steadily into his own. Yes, proud of you. You have been honored above many. I always thought that if I had a husband who spoke squarely for the truth of God, so as to move people to a better life if they would, but in any case oblige them to listen and think and do something, I should be proud of him. Now I know I am. He had not expected it. He had nerved himself for a few tears for some tremulous questions, to what they were to do, and as to why he thought the people had so soon changed in their feelings. These clear-cut, almost triumphant sentences nearly unnerved him. Aunt Hannah fidgeted much that morning, and sniffled suspiciously more than once, as she aired and folded the baby's flannels and pretty white robes, fresh from the laundry, and felt such a sense of relief as she would not like to have owned to, when the minister and his wife came down to dinner together in a very comfortable state of mind. "'You are a wise woman, Aunt Hannah,' said her nephew, going around the table for the purpose of placing a deliberate kiss on her faded cheek. "'A very wise woman. "'It would probably have been for our peace of mind if you had spoken the truth two weeks ago. "'I was a nervous coward to mislead you. "'Now that your good sense has broken through and helped us out, "'no one can thank you more heartily than I, and next to you, in wisdom, "'in wisdom, is my wife Martha. Do you know that? Don't be foolish, John, Aunt Hannah said briskly. And you a father, too. But the anxious lines which her face had worn smoothed suddenly, and her smile was pleasant to see. As they took their seats at the table, Aunt Hannah assured herself for perhaps the twentieth time in the course of the last few months that Martha was certainly a remarkable woman. After this, as I said, Plans and preparations for removal from the Kensett Square locality went on steadily. The minister had already interested himself greatly in the struggling church whose people were hungering for the gospel. Certain letters had passed between them, those from the little church breathing such a spirit of eagerness and hope that John, as he read them aloud to his wife, paused to say, Does it not seem as though such people ought to have help, even though there is but a handful of them, and they so poor as to be almost discouraged? "'To the poor the gospel is preached,' said Mattie musingly. "'And after a moment, in the same tone, "'the common people heard him gladly. "'I'm not sure, John, "'but it would be a great comfort to be among such people.' "'But Aunt Hannah was silent and somewhat grim "'whenever the little church was mentioned. "'Time enough for plans of that sort "'after you have had a long rest,' she said, decidedly, "'one day, when, being directly appealed to, "'it was necessary to say something.' I don't want to hear about that church or any other until your playtime is over. John has overworked in this church, to say nothing of you, Martha, who will always overwork everywhere, I'm afraid. And it won't do. Remember, you have another one to think about now. You have got to save up a good deal of strength and energy for him. He'll need it all. He is going to be a masterful boy, mark my word. I see it in the way he sucks his thumb and gazes about him as though he owned all creation, "'You are going to the farm for the summer. Remember that. "'And then it stands to reason that Martha will need to go home for a while "'and show her baby, and you will go with her, of course. "'I won't be unreasonable if I can help it. "'But don't talk about churches.' "'Nevertheless,' said John to his wife, with much decision in his voice, "'I do not mean to waste this summer. "'I must be about my father's business. "'We will go home with Aunt Hannah, "'and you shall see that blessed father and mother, my darling,' "'Yes. We will both plan for that, if possible. But I must make my vacation short. I am not to be an idler because I chose the wrong field for work. For a few weeks it seemed to me as though I might have mistaken my vocation entirely. But since you have grasped the situation and received the news in the way you have, it seems to have put new life into me. I long to be at work.' And he smiled at her, in a way calculated to put fresh courage into a wife's heart." There came also a letter which helped. Mrs. Remington opened it with fingers that trembled. She held her father in very high esteem, and this was the first letter since the news went to him. He was a busy man, with little time for writing. His epistles were always short and to the point. If he should not understand John, or should think it strange, that he had so soon broke his relations with the important city church, why, that would be very hard to bear. This letter was short. "'shorter even than usual. "'She could not determine whether augured well or ill. "'The only way was to read it. "'But her father was capable of being very sarcastic. "'She looked over at her sleeping baby to steady her heart, "'then read the letter. "'Dear daughter, "'I do not know how you look at the matter, "'but it seems to me that congratulations are in order. "'When I heard the news of your call to Kensett Square Church, "'I said to your mother, "'One of three things will happen.' either there will be a radical change in the position which that church takes on most questions now before us for discussion, or there will be a new pastor soon, or we shall know that we have been mistaken in our daughter's husband. I have looked in vain for the radical change. Indeed, the church, if I may judge by what I know of a few brilliant examples, never stood on a lower plane than at this moment, and I confess I have been awaiting somewhat anxiously the next step. Because it is as it is, I draw a long breath of relief. Do not wax indignant, because I did not know what the next step would be. We thought we were sure of John, but people are sometimes deceived. Tell him for me that the world, and what is more important, the Lord, has need of men like him. There followed a few sentences more, messages to the royal newcomer, a word of comfort over the thought that they would soon welcome father, mother, and son to the homestead, but Maddy made haste over these. They were matters, of course. There was a pretty glow on her cheek as she took her way to the study with the letter. Such words from Father John would prize. So there were bright spots, even among the discomforts and embarrassments of the breaking up. Meantime Elsie Chilton had been bearing her own burdens as best she could. Certain unexpected allies had come to her aid. In the first place, Alec Palmer made another sudden departure, this time being honestly called away by business so imperative that it would brook no delay, though it came to him at a time when absence chafed him almost more than he could endure. In the second place, Elsie fell ill, not dangerously so, but ill enough to require care and judicious management, and to materially soften her father's feelings toward her at least to the extent that he asked no questions and permitted none to be asked her with regard to the letter which he had ordered written, assuring himself that, after all, the young people were probably capable of taking care of their own affairs, and resolving to judiciously forget all commands which he had given, unless circumstances should make it necessary for him to remember them again. As soon as Elsie was able to leave her room, while the much-tried Alec was still chafing over his absence from the city, she took a sudden departure to the country ostensibly to make a long-promised visit to an aunt of her father's, really because she found herself not strong enough to visit at the parsonage and keep face and voice under the control necessary to deceive Mrs. Remington into the belief that all was as it should be in Kensett Square. While with her aunt she did write the letter, not, indeed, such a one as her father had ordered, but a kind, grave, womanly letter to Alec Palmer, in which she gently but distinctly, and with solemn reasons for her conduct given, "'severed forever all relations with him. "'Much tried would she have been "'had she known that through some freak of the mails, "'aided by the gentleman's hurried transit "'from one business point to another, "'he failed to receive her carefully worded letter. "'It was on the afternoon of her return home "'that Aunt Hannah arrested her steps in the hall, "'just after the little maid had given her permission "'to go to the upstairs sitting-room "'where the family, baby, and all were gathered. "'Wait a minute, child,' "'I want to see you before you go upstairs. "'You will be as wise as a serpent, won't you, dear, when you get up there? "'She isn't as strong as she might be, even yet, you know, "'and going over things will just excite you both and do no good.' "'I will try,' said Elsie humbly. "'But, oh, Aunt Hannah, does she know the whole story now?' "'Oh, yes, she does. "'All her husband can tell her, I guess. "'There are no secrets between them any more, if that is what you mean. "'I told her myself. "'Had to.' "'a week before he was willing. "'She was worrying herself over something wrong "'and working upon her nerves "'more than a week of knowing all about it would. "'All the same, I blundered into it. "'Didn't mean to do it. "'Only she sees through things so. "'You have to tell her.' Elsie turned and descended the two or three steps "'she had taken up the stairs "'and came close to Aunt Hannah, "'her face pale, save for a little spot of red "'which seemed to burn on either cheek. "'Aunt Hannah, will you tell me something?' she said. I have not been able to learn. There was no one whom I was willing to ask. That paper, you know, or letter, it was a letter, was it not? The resignation which they sent him in, you mean, I suppose, said Aunt Hannah calmly. Call things by their right names, child. To be sure, ministers are generally supposed to send in their own resignations, but they reversed the usual order. Yes, I know all about it. I want just to know two things— "'Is my father's name on that paper?' "'It certainly is,' said Aunt Hannah gravely. "'It pretty nearly heads the list.' The pink on Elsie's face spread and deepened. "'Aunt Hannah, one question more. "'Is Mr. Palmer's name on it?' "'Oh, indeed it is. "'That actually does head the precious list.' The face, which had been crimson but a moment before, had grown so pale that Aunt Hannah's heart smote her with pity." She tried to think of something comforting to say, but Elsie did not give her time. Aunt Hannah, she said, struggling to speak quietly, there are things which daughters cannot help, over which they have no control. I suspected some things, but I did not know. I mean, I did not believe. She stopped abruptly, and Aunt Hannah made haste to speak. Don't you worry, child. Of course you could not help any of it. And there is nobody who understands that better than those two upstairs. Don't worry about them either. They aren't cast down. Not a mite. When a man goes into the Lord's work, he counts the cost generally and he doesn't go to breaking his heart or giving up the world for lost, because a few men in it cannot stand his master's message. What does the whole of it amount to, compared with what the Lord has to bear? Don't go to shouldering more burdens than is necessary, child. "'Go up and see the baby and be comforted. "'He has his father's eyes. "'I always knew he would have.' "'But Elsie moved instead toward the door. "'No, Aunt I am not going up now. "'I am going home. "'I want to think. "'I have not known, to a certainty, anything. "'I knew my father was annoyed and vexed "'and had been led unwisely, "'but I did not know how far he had gone. "'I will come again, tomorrow perhaps, "'or very soon,' I want you to tell Mrs. Remington for me that I love her dearly, dearly, and that I will not in any way disappoint her if I can help it. Of course you won't, dear child, and Aunt Hannah's chin quivered. She doesn't expect disappointment where you are concerned, I can tell you that. There's another one whom you won't disappoint, I know, and that's your mother. I can hardly understand how she could be happy, even in heaven, if she could look down and see her baby walking in the road she didn't want her to take. "'I held you in my arms when she kissed you goodbye. "'I saw the look in her eyes, and I know all about it.' "'Aunt Hannah had gained her point. "'The drawn lines on the young face were relaxing, "'and the eyes were dimming with tears. "'Thank you,' she said gently. "'I will not forget. "'I am not going to disappoint my mother, nor my mother's savior. "'I have been walking a road that was full of temptation. "'I am going to get out of it. "'Kiss me for my mother, Aunt Hannah.' Whereupon the strong old arms closed about the fair form, and some very tender kisses were left by the withered lips on those fresh young ones. It was Elsie, Aunt Hannah said, half an hour afterward, in answer to Mattie's inquiring look. They were in the little reception room at the head of the stairs, the father, mother, and Earl Mason holding court around the new baby. Elsie! repeated the mother in surprise and dismay. Has she returned? And she didn't come up to see the baby. She couldn't, Martha, not this time. She was all upset. She had just discovered some names on that paper which was sent to John that surprised her more than they do anyone else. It is amazing to me how girls can be so blind. She left her love and is coming again soon. Mrs. Remington's face looked troubled, and she drew a heavy sigh as she said, "'Poor Elsie. There are hard lines coming into her life. I tremble for her.' It seems almost too hard that we should have to leave her just now. Still, if she is to become that man's wife, there is very little that we could do for her. "'Don't you worry about her,' said Aunt Hannah, with her most assured tone. "'The Lord can take care of his own, especially his lambs, and she is one of them. I don't believe she will ever marry that man in this world, and she certainly won't in the next.' If she had not almost immediately occupied herself with the baby, to the exclusion of everything else, she might have been bewildered over the sudden flash of feeling on Earl Mason's face and the quick look he gave her. Did it express gratitude? If so, for what? The Lord can certainly bring good out of evil, as Mrs. Adams says, he remarked, in an almost cheerful tone. He has shown us that phase of his love often enough to lead us to trust him, She's a very wise woman, he added, as Aunt Hannah gathered the baby, blankets, pillow, and all, and unceremoniously left the room by way of the nursery. A very wise woman. I would trust her knowledge of human nature and her intuitions where I would not my own. He was still speaking quite cheerfully. Apparently, for some reason, he was very glad to trust to Aunt Hannah's intuitions. End of chapter 27